Hi. Welcome to the Legic Show, a podcast that will help you simplify the business ecosystem. Co-hosted by the co-founders of Legic, Ayush and Vishesh. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Legic Show, an amazing podcast where we try to generate some insights from the people that inspire all of us around. So today we have Ms. Revati Kant with us from Titan Company Limited, who is right now the Chief Design Officer at the organization. She has had you know several instances over the time, and today we are very happy to have her with us. Welcome, Revati. Thank you, Vishesh. It's all my pleasure to be here, and uh, it's 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 fantastic to be part of this uh, podcast. Thank you for inviting me. you know it would be interesting for our listeners to know something about your journey and introduction of you know how how you started out what are you doing right now so in fact uh, you know it's it's been uh, such a long journey as as you introduced me i've been with the company for almost you know almost 30 years and i think that is pretty unusual for today's generation to even comprehend because you know people don't stick around beyond 3 years in one company so that really speaks mm-hmm. high volumes about titan that uh, you know i joined this company when i finished my you know typically in your post graduation you do your internship with the company and that's mm-hmm. how i i first time i came into uh, titan and i did my internship and then of course i got an offer i joined and it's it's been like i joined yesterday it's it's been so many years i have been here multiple roles multiple divisions multiple exposure of course i have grown with the company the company then in 1990 was a small company and today we are like uh, you know today it's like an institution we have multiple mm-hmm. brands multiple categories and we are doing so many things so i i call myself very fortunate that i have been part of this wonderful institution called titan uh, all my life and that that's that's very exciting because i have been uh, totally loyal <laughs> to titan mm-hmm. one company one career and it's it's been a fabulous uh, journey so the point here is uh, it's not uh, important uh, today to think about whether you're jumping after 3 years is it important to go for career growth because believe me i started as a trainee and today i have reached the level of a chief design officer so mm-hmm. it all depends on the company you join in the environment you're in the efforts you put in and how how do you want to succeed and the dreams you have whether you want to reach somewhere so all those things if they are persistent you can do it in one single company or of course you can do it very well you know join multiple companies and getting multiple exposure it all totally depends on the individual but all in all if you have dream of a certain journey uh, at the beginning of your career it is certainly possible to achieve it yeah and that's been a brief introduction about me i've been in this fabulous company for the last uh, 30 years and and that's you know so amazing to listen revti so uh, revti you know, i i just saw that uh, you started out your career by doing a bsc in you know pcm which is physics chemistry and mathematics so from there you know to design how how the transition has been well i did my graduation of course uh, with mathematics as my main then i did my masters in operations research and computer science and then of course when i i said i did the internship with this company and i joined the market research team they were at, at that point in time titan was setting up a market research uh, mm-hmm. team and you know they were they were recruiting new people and that's how i fitted in because i came from the background of uh, you know applied mathematics statistics and all of it 
And mm. I came into this and I did market research for a while. Very, very interesting. And that gave me a very clear insight into how to look at consumer. Because Titan, you know, as today it has evolved to be a lifestyle company. And then we were producing and we were making watches. Even to mm. know what, you are, what we are selling, you know, we need to understand a consumer. So market research was my first introduction to business, so to say. After doing market research for, say, about two, three or four years, I got an opportunity within the company to do marketing. And uh, I had an opportunity to move abroad and uh, look after, you know, and, and that's how I moved. Uh, I was looking after marketing for West Asia and Africa. That, mm -hmm. that pushed me further into the business part of it and look at a completely new geography, new consumers and, and, and build the brand title. So that was a great, uh, beautiful learning experience. So while you could study something, you could graduate and postgrad in something, but what teaches you a lesson is what you experience in an organization, what you experience doing hands-on. And the early part of my career, when I really moved from one to another, take, I mean, you need to take risk, right? I didn't even know these things would work, but it, was, it gives you a fabulous grounding. It gives a holistic experience, new geography, new people, new working habits, all of it. And that's how you are also discovering yourself. You really don't know when you finish your education how good you are and what you want to be. But as you go through this journey in life, you kind of evolve yourself. You find uh, and understand what do you like doing, what do you love doing and where do you want to be. So after doing marketing for about uh, 10 years and I wanted to return to India, mm -hmm. I wanted to do something different. And I said, I have done this part of it. I've seen the consumer part of it, the importance. I've looked at product, I've looked at communication. Let me do something different. And fortunately for me, my company had a role in design. And that was mm -hmm. something very, very new to me because I was familiar with the product, but the creation part of it was something very different. I, had, I, don't, I didn't even know it. But then I took the chance and I moved into that role. And uh, it was a fascinating experience. A lot of learning, of course, because it was something new. So learn quickly, contribute quickly is really a key mantra for everyone to remember because you know, you need to learn newer things to keep yourself updated. But, you know, you also need to quickly contribute so that the organization can see value in what you do. So that was my first time ever I entered the field of design. And for five years, I was a business head uh, of design for the watches division. And that's mm -hmm. when I realized how much uh, value I could add to the organization by looking at design from a totally different perspective. You know, because I am not a designer, I, I come from the understanding of the market and the consumer, and I could bring in tremendous uh, value by aligning design to business. And that is what took me after five years to my another role, which was a much larger role in the jewelry division of the company, where I headed design, innovation, and new product uh, development. And it was, again, a very, very fascinating experience because jewelry is a very large part of our business and creating the right kind of jewelry for our consumers, making design leadership as the core of brand Tanish and, uh, and our other brands like Nia and Zoya. Mm -hmm. It was amazing, it was fascinating. And that's when I discovered my passion for design. And I said that if I could bring the world of design and bring the world of business together, we, we can achieve tremendous success. And that got me uh, a lot of love and passion and uh, uh, towards this field and I, I could feel that I could uh, amplify the voice of design within the company, made design strategic, which was not a strategic function earlier. You know, people mm -hmm. think of design as, you know, it's just an aesthetic, it's a support function for business, but no, 
Design is truly a very, very strategic arm of business. Design is truly integral to business. And we have learned all of this because at the core of the, any product is the product design, which has to actually bring you the top line, bottom line, brand imagery, everything. So building design as a crucial differentiator within the company became my motto. And that's what I was driving at. But then after that, when we said that when we can achieve this in watches and jewelry, why don't we look at it holistically at a company level? And mm -hmm. that's how we created a vertical called the Design Excellence Center. And I moved in as the Chief Design Officer, looking at design for all the categories, watches, jewelry, eyewear, bags, accessories, fragrances, all of them, mm -hmm. where design plays an integral role. So if you look at my journey, when I did my BSc Mathematics and the Masters in OR, never in my life I thought that I would land up in design. But, you know, life is... Uh, unpredictable life is <laughs> interesting <laughs> and it depends on what you choose and depends on what you want to do i i had my sights high i wanted to achieve something but i was very flexible to moving around taking risks learning new things and that's always been my my focus and i guess that helped me do it so if any of any of any of them listening to me if they are doing bsc or something it doesn't you can achieve anything in life it all it all depends on what you want to do in life so, yeah. so th that that is an amazing insight, Rivti. So, Rivti, you know, I I see that from your career, you have gained a lot of interdisciplinary experience, starting from operational mm -hmm. research to you know mathematics, computing, then moving to market, understanding consumer demands, then moving to design, applying all this together. And even right. this particular thing you have done in a variety of sectors, starting from watches to jewelry to you know now eyelenses. So, how do you think that you know interdisciplinary learning? helps in you know performing well in variety of sectors absolutely see what happens the minute you move from one to another and let me talk of example of titan itself mm -hmm. see there are multiple businesses and when you're doing multiple roles there is so much sitting in each role and when you when you're in one particular role you you get into the depth of it you get a complete understanding you interact with a set of people right and you form certain relationship you get a thorough understanding mm -hmm. when you move to another role for example then you're doing the same thing. You're getting the depth. As you keep doing this in your career, you're achieving the depth in each of this as well as the width. So what you're gaining is a holistic uh, experience, a holistic experience of different functions and how they are integrated, how they are different, how all of it can come together and make a big difference. And, uh, you know, while interdisciplinary, I feel there is a lot of... Uh, benefit in learning from one and applying in the other. I think that is the best part of having an interdisciplinary experience because the best practices of one can easily be applied in another and the whole thing can become quite successful. So that quick learning and quick, uh, you know, uh, evolving can happen when you have this multidisciplinary. And at some stage in life, you, you become pretty holistic in the sense you can have a complete understanding of the business from all points of view which with fair amount of depth in it. So I think it's it's a brilliant way to kind of, you know, to groom yourself as, as an individual too. So, so Rivte, you know, in, in your journey, what do you think, you know, is the differentiating factor? Well, the differentiating factor is the first one I spoke about, that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> having sitting, being in one company for so many years, yeah. I think in today's world is a differentiating factor for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, the second thing is, as I said, this whole, I have had a very unusual career trajectory, which I just explained, you know, mm -hmm. 
studying something, doing something, moving, doing various things, and finally coming to design. I think it's a pretty unusual career trajectory, which is not necessarily planned. You know, you see people ask you, what's the career path, you know, when you join somewhere, but my career path has been very, very unusual. So I think mm -hmm. that's truly a differentiating factor. The other differentiating factor, this is quite interesting, which I thought I could share here, is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working in markets like Saudi Arabia and Iran in mid, mid 90s, mm -hmm. when where working itself for women was a taboo. And there were mm -hmm. lots of constraints and lots of restrictions, you know, even for women to move around and you had to cover yourself, you had to wear mm -hmm. a certain kind of clothes, all of that. You know, there's a lot of excitement in doing, mm -hmm. you know, typically when you do things which you're not, uh, which are typically said that you cannot do, that's mm -hmm. when there is a lot of fun, right? So, yeah. you know, for me, <laughs> working in such market, difficult markets, trying to get the insights of those set of people, understand their culture, their life. I mean, I think it's been amazing, that experience of working outside of India, uh, in, in those markets, I think uh, is truly differentiated. So, so the, the, the best part and the last one definitely is working across multiple categories, multiple, you know, watches to jewelry, to eyewear, to, you know, fragrances, to bags, to belts, to, you know, it's, it's amazing. So that's lovely. They all belong to the lifestyle space of an individual, but different category. Mm -hmm. And when it is product, you get to understand what the category is all about. What are the category truths? What are the product design codes? What needs to be done? Who's the consumer and what you need to create? And this whole thing has been, I think, uh, that's, that's amazing. And I think these, these are the four <laughs> differentiating uh, things in my, my career. So, so Rita, you know, I would really love to know about your instinct, you know, in these uh, Middle East countries. As you know, you, you mm -hmm. talked about it. It was really fascinating to, you know, to look at it. So can you kind of just mm. you know, elaborate more on your particular role over there that, you know, how life was, how the particular lifestyle was? Sure. See, I was based out of Dubai and uh, was looking after, uh, you know, marketing for West Asian markets, which is mm -hmm. mainly the GCC markets, UAE, Oman, Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait mm -hmm. and Saudi. And at that point in time, I'm talking about what, 90s, mid 90s, uh, mm -hmm. that's when one had moved. And, you know, those days, India was not uh, where it is today in the world, right? Today, India is uh, seen with a lot of respect. But in 90s, India was considered as a very, you know, basic developing nation. So the, the you know, impression of India outside of India was not great. Mm -hmm. And especially when you talk about watches, you know, Switzerland is not known for watches. And people used to think watches are only Swiss made are the best. And mm -hmm. when we were trying to work hard and establish Titan as a brand, it was a difficult task, right? Because it, the easy acceptance was not there. The country of origin always was working against us in those days I'm talking about. So the whole thing of working hard, understanding the consumer, trying to be in, and those days market was different. You know, there were dealers, you know, and it was not a retail revolution had not happened even in that part of the world. So there were no malls, you know, if you had to go and buy something, you had to go to the, you know, different kind of outlets and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it was amazing uh, that in such difficult situations and there was so much competition, all kinds of watches flowing in from China, branded, unbranded, in such a high clutter, fragmented market to build a brand like Titan, of course, was an extremely challenging exercise, but a very fulfilling one, because at the end of it, we landed up being the number one brand in Oman in those days mm -hmm. and uh, number three in a market like Dubai. So personally, it was very, very satisfying, but it was a tough phase uh, to do something and achieve something. But I would say in my life, that was a very important learning phase. 
you know, getting, getting really getting your hands dirty and working hard to get something. Uh, and when you finally get it, it tastes much sweeter, right? So mm-hmm. that's how it's been. So, so it was a very different experience altogether. And to markets like Egypt, you know, you know mm-hmm. the, the, they are also there. They're a lot like Indians, I would say, the consumers. And they, somehow I could relate to them very well. But the market situations are very challenging. Mm-hmm. And uh, to establish yourself as a brand is not at all an easy task because it's highly fragmented. There are hundreds and hundreds of brands who are brands known, unknown, which are all there in the market. And if you have to make yourself uh, strong enough with your product, with your communication, with the space, all of that was, mm-hmm. was quite a daunting exercise. But it was a fabulous year. So, so uh, Rivati, yeah. you know, when, when you started your career, that was the time, you know, when, when most of the women were not mm-hmm. supposed to work, as you know, when we talk about the mm-hmm. social dynamics. And that, mm-hmm. time, you know, in, in such countries mm-hmm. where even now, you know, we do not see that kind of participation in the economy yet. So how do you think mm-hmm. that, you know, the industry changes perspective around you? That, you know, when you started out till, uh, to, uh, to the time today, how do you think that, you know, the perception has changed? I think then to now, I think it is a world of difference. There are a lot of things which has happened and the perspective has changed completely. And not completely, I mean, definitely changing and it can still be better. Mm-hmm. But see, the thing is, you know, the, the gender stereotypes which are, you know, which are there, they are there, mm-hmm. right? We cannot uh, yeah. say that they don't exist. The social norms are there. And, you know, uh, as we are, if you're a girl child, then there are those gender stereotypes which are attached to you and they get reinforced all through your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for a woman to be working and, you know, achieving something is not seen as something as, as, an, uh, as an achievement. It's, if you mm-hmm. say she's very ambitious, it is not a compliment. You know, mm-hmm. those things still exist. But from then to now, I can see the transformation happening. Women are making the mark. They have become confident, a lot more competent, participating in the economic, you know, to drive their economic uh, uh, part, you know, their participation in that and to bring home money and all walks of life, if you see in across all strata of the society, a lot of women have gone started working. That mm-hmm. is one side of it from the women. So if you were to look at it from the other side, from an industry point of view, yes, I mean, all of us are realizing as leaders, the importance of uh, inclusion and importance of diversity. So DI&I has become such an important uh, uh, initiative in all companies and there is a conscious move you know, even a Titan, I mean, we are working hard to change. I mean, Titan, fortunately, is a gender neutral organization and we have a lot of respect for women. And, uh, you know, a lot of our seniors and peers ensure that women come up the ladder. But having mm-hmm. said that, there are also a lot of programs. How do we ensure that the pipeline itself, we have enough women participating? How do we have women friendly policies so that, you know, we don't lose them when in certain milestones in their lifetime during a childbirth, if they have to take off, how do they come back? So I'm just saying from an industry perspective, there is a lot of sensitivity to the, towards this topic. So there is a lot happening here. Even mm-hmm. from women's side, they are wanting to achieve. They are wanting to look at today's uh, the startup uh, culture, which has started a few years back. And if you look at it, how many women are really at the helm? Women are doing very well for themselves. There are lots mm-hmm. of women leaders, a lot of young women leaders who have come and become so successful. So today the opportunity exists and women are making the most of it. Organizations are welcoming this, policies are being made and uh, it is a slow process, right? But the numbers are slowly increasing and uh, the number of women in the leadership position in India is slowly improving. But uh, I'm seeing that as it goes along, it can only become better 
than where it is. So when I started my career, it was different. I mean, not, of course, people were going to work and all that. So it was, there is a difference between a job and a career. A woman was in those days allowed to have a job to keep the house running. But mm-hmm. women having a career, career, at, especially if it is at the cost of family and children and all of that was never, never seen as positive. But today, women are very career driven. They have their own aspirations. They have their own dreams to achieve. And all that is being acknowledged. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody is happy to let, the, let her do what she wants to do, right? From parents to families to husbands to, I think the whole society is undergoing the change uh, for a bit. And I, I'm, I'm very hopeful of uh, days to come. It can only improve. So, uh, Rifti, you know, I'm sure that Titan must have had, you know, some amazing policies and people in place so that, you know, they could facilitate this transition that, you know, when you were growing, there were no particular hurdles in uh, that particular journey. So how do you think that, you know, the particular leadership? So today, you know, right now we can say that there are, you know, women in in leadership roles. So as a women leader, what's your perspective on inclusivity? And, you know, how do you think that culture is more important to an organization than most of the things? No, I think it is very important. As I spoke just now, I think as a, as a woman leader and as, as someone who can today influence the policies, today influence various things in the company, I would strongly say that it is very important agenda and it should be an important agenda in, in any industries, uh, uh, you know, uh, it should be at, really at the top. And because, you know, there is an, uh, enough fact that, you know, like nature has provided 50-50, the same uh, representation has to come to organization to for it to become a more organized, uh, uh, you know, more a balanced organization wherein we have equal participation from both. And uh, as as women, I think it's our duty to, and responsibility to nurture and encourage a whole lot of young women to take this up and not give up midway. Of course, there are challenges, and I'm not saying that you know just take pandemic for example. I mean, what all we went through, all of us went through last year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, and I'm speaking as a working woman, it was it was far more challenging uh, for me than for maybe, I'm not generalizing, but for most women, it would have been more challenging. When you're mm-hmm. at home, you're working from home, you're working at home, you're working uh, for office, you're taking care of the people at home because everybody was stuck at home. So I think a woman at that point in time was more stressed than anybody else. I would say going to office is the best thing <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than you know being at home and doing all of this. So this whole thing about if you have, you know, a set of people in the family who also understand your aspiration, who are very supportive, and then mm-hmm. you go ahead and do things you want to do without feeling guilty is the way to go. So my my point is, I think women should give up the guilt, guilt of, you know, going to work because am I doing it at the cost of my family or my child or my husband? I know these thoughts keep coming and women should mm-hmm. stop feeling guilty about it. They need to depend on a proper infrastructure to take care of the needs so that they are able to. And I'm saying it's very possible because every strata of the society, as I say, women are going to work. See, when we, we women like us are going to work, there is someone coming to our home to take care of our home. And she is coming out because her economic situation maybe needs her to work. So everybody is working. So it is like a, like a food chain, you know, there is a chain. Mm-hmm. So everybody is supporting everybody else. And this whole system is working. So the whole population is working towards uh, something. And uh, I would think as women leaders, we have to empower, we have to encourage a whole lot of young women to come and take it up and, and, and uh, take it up to take up their dreams, their careers, and, and just about uh, go about doing things. 
and yes, yes challenges will be there on the way go ahead take it head on meet it and and keep moving you will find support you will find people who are willing to come your way and lend you a helping hand and that's how you need to i think keep going so uh if you know this is a very interesting point that you know you told about the guilt that you know people feel so when we talk mm. about you know guilt uh, a lot of times we see people talking about a certain kind of balance in life they say that you know you got to manage families you got to manage your work you got to manage this you got to manage that mm. a lot of social aspects come into the picture so what according to you know is is a balanced life that you know when we talk about what's the balance that people are talking about and how it should be looked upon yeah you're talking about you know how do you what do you think about uh, balance right that's yeah. that's what uh, you're talking about see i think this whole thing about uh, you know uh, i believe this is my belief that you know women who generally participate in you know multiple roles actually have lower anxiety levels and higher mm-hmm. level of mental well being okay this is my belief mm-hmm. because i belong to that category and you know i just every day i just get up and i try to do my best with what i have got you know that's that's how i set my thinking and uh, you know frankly if you ask me in today's connected world it is very difficult to achieve the so called nirvana or the balance we are talking mm-hmm. about you know sometimes i strike a balance well and sometimes i am happy with the imbalance so mm-hmm. it's it's really like you know it's your state of mind it's really in your mind it's it's it's, it's about how you think about it so mm-hmm. for example if something important at work it continues to occupy my mind even at home you know then it is certainly interfering with my personal life but then if that situation is not making me unhappy i don't mind i just take up the work i complete the work because once i do it this is going to give me peace of mind so mm-hmm. picking up work and doing at home if we think of it as imbalance i would still prefer to do it because ultimately it will give me peace of mind so mm-hmm. you know over a period of time this whole understanding within the family also uh, helps one to feel empowered and not feel guilty so it's it's all about it sometimes so i think it is a balance between achieving the balance and imbalance is the mm-hmm. perfect balance <laughs> okay there is no other definition to it <laughs> yeah. this is this is you know some some really amazing answer uh, so so what's your what's... advice you know for the women who are looking to start out ah sure for all the young women out there i think just set your dreams very high you know and uh, just just go out do your best and try to achieve your dreams and you know don't think about gender don't think about any other constraint which could come to you the mm-hmm. second piece of uh, you know uh, experience i'd like to share is you know opportunities don't come knocking you have to just grab it and make it work for you so if you come across something which is you feel it's almost 80% and not 100% but just go for it it doesn't matter you take the risk and sometimes when you take the risk is when you realize you have suddenly found a gold mine you suddenly feel that i have realized what my true potential is i have realized what my passion is all about so mm-hmm. give yourself space to experiment do different things don't from day one don't just the say do the same thing from day one till your day of retirement don't do it because that will really curb your space of creativity and growth do multiple things take risks early on in your career and as you go along you will figure out what you love the most where you can add value where you can grow where you can learn but just set your sights high have a dream achieve it and don't worry about this balance and imbalance just focus on your state of mind and if you are able to achieve a feel good feel within yourself mm-hmm. uh then then of course you should feel happy that you have gone somewhere you have achieved it. and today believe me the whole world is working towards making it great for young working women to be 
in. So, so all these young people, you're very fortunate to be here today and aspiring for a great career. But give your best, never, never compromise, uh, build great relationship. That's very important. And, and, and lastly, but not the least, to be a great human being and be just be yourself, just be authentic. I think that according to me would, would be very key. And just go ahead and do it. The world is all yours. Th thanks a lot for uh, Rivti for these amazing kind words. It was you know Thank really you. amazing having this conversation, talking to about about all of these issues today, and and you know let let's hope to you know to have more amazing conversation at some point of time again. Certainly, Vishesh, it yeah. was wonderful uh, talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. <laughs>